Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week's Highways Voices discusses national highways decarbonisation. Working with government to do anything we can to support that transition. We're working with the motorway service areas to look at those who are eligible for these energy storage solutions and also any other innovations that we can use to support that transition from petrol vehicles to electric vehicles over time. Practical solutions to make our air cleaner and our industry less polluting. No hot air, just the facts on today's Highways Voices. Highways Voices, hearing from the people who matter in the highways industry. So Dr Joanna White of National Highways is our guest on Highways Voices today. We'll hear from her in a moment, but first let's catch up with the latest from the Highways News newsroom with Adrian Tatum. So Paul on Highways News this week, National Highways is planning a second industry day before inviting bids for its new pavement delivery framework. The next generation framework includes nine lots, including three super regions. This will replace the previous surfacing and pavement arrangement. A formal invitation to tender was expected in February, but is now due in March next year. Under the new proposal set up, the existing framework of six geographical areas with two lots per area for projects either worth under or over one million will be replaced by nine regional lots based around England's regional maintenance areas. Elsewhere, the government-mandated charging clear air zone in Portsmouth has now been launched by the City Council this week. The Portsmouth CAZ is a Class B, meaning that non-compliant vehicles will be issued a daily charge to drive in the zone. For the Portsmouth CAZ non-compliance vehicles, including buses, coaches, taxis, private hire vehicles and heavy goods vehicles that do not meet Euro 6 standards or Euro 4 standard if petrol. Non-compliant taxis and private hire vehicles will be charged £10 per day to drive through the zone. And following a weekend of heavy snow, the pre-wet approach during snow events could be significantly improved if a blended de-icy liquid is used instead of brine, according to one expert who has had years of experience in assessing different winter service treatments in the UK. It has been proven that blended de-icers are much stronger than brine as part of a pre-wet treatment. Using this combination as a 70-30 pre-wet application of salt, the EcoThor Premium, for example, will immediately encapsulate the spread salt, reducing losses from traffic. The blend is strong, active de-ice on its own and will create a surface treatment that will prevent snow bonding and will activate a thawing process as snow falls in combination with the salt. Also on our pages, you can read about the technology Inoptic believes will make our roads safer by spotting people using their mobiles or not wearing a seatbelt while driving. AGD's investment to cope with supply chain issues. And talking of investment, cash for transport AI firm Simplify Systems. There's a story about the country's first dynamic electric vehicle charging hub opening in Wolverhampton, the abandonment of plans for the Hammersmith Ferry Service, an autonomous shuttle service launching in Oxfordshire and the Rhys Jeffries Road Fund delivering its shortlists for its Roads of the Future competition ahead of the announcement of the winners on Friday. You can read all of these plus so many more stories on our website. Remember to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Details are in the blurb and you can sign up for our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. 
Last week on Highways News, we ran a story about National Highways launching an initiative to end worries about finding somewhere to rapidly charge electric vehicles on a long journey thanks to a multi-million pound investment. The government-owned organisation plans to invest in energy storage systems, which are essentially giant battery packs for service stations where the grid supply isn't enough for rapid charging infrastructure. Well, I wanted to find out more about that and all the other things National Highways is doing to clean up the network, so I caught up with this week's Highways Voice, Dr Joanna White, who's Acting Director for Roads Development in National Highways, and I started with this energy storage idea. Okay, so I'm Joanna White. I'm the Acting Director for Roads Development in National Highways. Okay, I'm going to start, Joanna, by talking about a news story we ran last week on Highways News about the energy storage to support rapid motorway EV charging. So tell me about that project. Thanks, Paul. So uh, it's a a really interesting project that we're leading, uh, working with government, working with the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles to look at how how we can support motorway service areas with the their capacity to enable delivery of um, at least six rapid charging electric vehicle charging points by 2023. So we're working with those to focus on those service areas which have got lower grid capacity grid connection, um, maybe those that are further away from our network or have got lower footfall, and where we can install a battery type solution to charge up overnight or in low periods of demand and then enhance the capacity connection that that motorway service area has. And what does that mean for the driver? How quickly would they be able to charge their vehicle? Depending on the amount of charge that they're after, maybe about um, 20 minutes to half an hour to sort of increase the charge in, in their vehicle. But really a lot of this is about supporting range anxiety and making sure that users have got regular intervals at which they can actually charge their vehicles on the network. It's interesting because a couple of weeks ago I chatted to Rory Sutherland and Pete Dyson, Pete Dyson who's now at the DFT and they're behavioural scientists and they were talking about range anxiety being that in fact the number of of journeys you make that range anxiety comes into effect is really quite low but it has a completely disproportionate impact on people's view of having an electric vehicle in the first place. So I guess this is just another of those nudges to reassure people that if they did move over to an electric vehicle, the things that they're worried about aren't things that are worth being worried about. Absolutely, Paul. And I think, you know, anything we can do to help that transition to electric vehicles is, is, you know, really where we're focusing on. So what else are you doing as far as um, charge points are concerned? Because, of course, at the moment you go to uh, motorway service stations. I I often stop on my journey from home to, to visiting my daughter in Nottingham at the Cambridge services. Loads of electric vehicle charge points there just off the A14, usually empty. But each time I go, there seem to be a few more vehicles there. So if we're going to keep up with the supply of electric vehicles it's a really quite major job to be able to deliver the charge points to go with it um absolutely so and this is why um government has their wider project project rapid as it's known and again this is where the energy storage system that 
work that we're doing supports it. So Project Rapid has said, you know, each motorway service area will have at least six and maybe some of the larger ones will have 10 to 12. And so clearly, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're supporting that and working with government to do anything we can to support that transition. We're working with the motorway service areas to look at those who are eligible for these energy storage solutions and also any other innovations that we can use to support that transition from petrol vehicles to electric vehicles over time. Could I throw a spanner in the works here, Joanna, which is last time I was in a motorway service station, uh, there were quite a lot of very large HGVs. Uh They have their own section within the petrol station. They've often got their own areas where lorry drivers go that uh, us mere mortal motorists don't. How on earth are you going to have zero emissions when it comes to road freight? That's a really good question. And, and a real, real challenge. So I certainly think that, you know, larger freight and, and electrifying a larger freight is, is, is one that, you know, again, across government uh, and, and within national highways, which we're really interested in. Clearly, battery technology um, is, is one area to look at, but actually are there sort of more efficient ways or ways that can support these larger vehicles? And that's why we're working with the department and Innovate UK to support the feasibility of um, zero emission road freight trials. So DFT uh, and Innovate UK have awarded £20 million to to look at this and there are three consortia progressing feasibility studies. Two are looking at catenary systems, so that's like overhead electric wires, a bit like on the railways, Um, and one is looking at a roadside charging solution that's attached to the the systems there. So we're working with them, we're very much looking at, you know, from a provision on the road, all the different um, things that need to be considered, right from electrical connections, the construction elements of the project, the safety, of course, which is obviously paramount in that, and then the operational aspects of that. Um, you know, how long a trial do we need to, to run and, and the kind of outcomes that we're looking for from those trials. One of the things that I always find when I look at trials and I look at especially localised work that people do either with local authorities or in, in certain areas, um, and I'll come back to in a moment the uh, trial that won a prize at the ITS UK Awards last week which is the Nevma project in in Oxfordshire that's a clearly a successful project I won't go into detail on that now but how do you manage to once you've found a project works you've done a sort of feasibility study actually then expand it from the local area where you've tried it out to across the whole network So it's very much about how do we create the standards that support development into business as usual. So it's really taking the trial and and put it into that business as usual aspect. So standardisation, what do we need to incorporate into the design manual for roads and bridges? Um, What other performance specifications might might we be after? So if we're looking at a particular technology, we may require certain aspects around how well it runs, how often we ask it to operate and, and so on. And, and then also, you know, anything where we're looking at control room activities, working with our operational colleagues to make sure that we specify any demands on the control room, any demands on any wider technology, for example. So And really underpinning all of that is the standards and specifications element of the work that we do. And that's always one of the outcomes of the trials that we run. 
That's interesting. You mentioned the control rooms. I hadn't thought of that because I, as you know, used to run the company that had the contract to provide the long lamented and much missed highways agency oh, yes. radio, traffic radio, as it was called back last, well, a couple of decades ago now. But the control room there was, was res- uh, responsible for making sure the traffic keeps moving. I guess that's going to change. And in fact, are they now going to be responsible for making sure that all the electric chargers are working along the network and and, and dealing with that side of, of things as far as emissions are concerned as well. So I think, you know, certainly for, for now, the control room's purpose will be about operating the network and they will continue to do um, all the great work that they do already in terms of responding to incidents, detecting events and responding to those working with the other emergency services and, you know, minimising the impact of, of events like that on the network, as well as managing congestion and queues. I think, uh, you know, very much in terms of electric vehicle charge point provision is, is down to the, the providers and the locations and 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 you know who's whoever is responsible for those one of the issues i think with national highways is of course you only run three percent of the english road network it's the most important three percent but it still means that 97 percent of the network is somebody else's issue mm. and sometimes something that happens on the network could actually impact on local roads or vice versa that either changes what you need to do when it comes to air quality and emissions or alternatively um, actually means that for example if everybody ground to a halt on the m25 and switched their engines off bizarrely your air quality goes up compared to normal and you could see that as a tick whereas of course traffic jams are hit all around the area around the affected part of the motorway how do you therefore fix that by liaising with local authorities and sort of sharing best practice and and sharing best solutions so we're already working with a number of local authorities, particularly around our work on air quality. Um, and again, where we're working with the Joint Air Quality Unit in, in government, looking at specific links on our network where we have, uh, you know, poorer air quality issues and, and looking at, at ways of mitigating those and um, in particular identifying what's called qualifying features adjacent to our network so these may be footpaths cycle paths um, houses for example and again working with the, the local councils in terms of the the measures that we can take and, and making sure that we're having those conversations to address those issues together. I mentioned earlier the uh, the Nevma project in Oxfordshire that won the best use of technology Technology Award from ITS UK last week. Now, that predicts congestion build-up before it happens and uses ITS solutions to change signal timings or VMS or whatever to uh, mitigate against jams before they happen and then also uses air quality sensors to identify areas with high pollution. So that's a solution that you sponsored for AIMSUN and Unix Traffic and EarthSense and Oxfordshire County Council to deal with. That is a really clever piece of technology as far as I'm concerned for for making the traffic run more efficiently, make our, our network run more efficiently without actually having to, well really the motorist even noticing that anything has been done to them. What other technology and clever things are you working on in order to improve air quality? 
Um, so, you know, it's great to hear about that trial. And, and I think it's one of the ones that we sponsored through uh, one of our air quality innovation competitions recently from our designated funds. So we've, we've got a number of, of activities that we've we've used for this and these are ring fence funds which we can use for work that is sort of over and above our business as usual um, and one particular area that we've also looked at is what's called these e-van centres of excellence so this allows local businesses to try out vans electric vans for any time up to say a couple of months to see the kind of benefits they can get from that and we've invested over um, around 12.5 million pounds from our designated funds to support these initiatives and they've run across a number of locations including Bristol, Sheffield, Leeds for example. So so there's lots of different things we can do. We can look at different technologies. We can also try and you know support local businesses to to try out new vehicles and see how they, they impact on their own businesses. Okay all very impressive but actually put your money where your mouth is. What are national highways yourselves doing to decarbonise your own operations? So um, we've got various sort of aspects of that. So looking at our own, you know, corporate carbon, we're looking at, you know, where we get our energy from that that heats our you know runs our offices runs the lighting in our offices we're looking at converting the lighting on the network to uh, led lighting and obviously reducing emissions through that we've invested in plug-in hybrid electric vehicles for our traffic officer service so we've got 72 of those that we've now deployed and, and again looking at how we can use more electric vehicles in the vehicles that for example we use uh, for maintenance so our inspection vehicles and in our um, operations so for team managers in our control centers whether or not we can use those those sorts of vehicles as well so lots of different activities going on on the maintenance and construction side we're looking at um, use of different materials so warm mixed asphalt for example where we can actually use this and make it at lower temperatures and therefore reducing the carbon emissions there so yeah lots of different activities all across the sort of three themes of our decarbonisation plan. And I guess you mentioned earlier the, the control room and the traveller information. The the new contractor you have coming up with loads of uh, great ideas for that. Anything that helps people manage their journeys better, make better route choices, timing choices, even modal shift all that is making a tangible difference because the number of traffic jams that are happening on the network can be reduced just by more informed travellers, meaning that you've got fewer idling vehicles sitting there just belching grot into the atmosphere. Absolutely. And, um, you know, our digital roads initiative, so particularly around the work we're doing on what we call digital for customer, where we're looking at the information we supply into vehicles, all helping people make better informed decisions, the use of our traffic management systems. And again, looking at, you know, how we manage traffic on the network and use our variable speed limits, for example. And in some cases, we have um, used speed limits to manage air quality on the network specifically. So, 
Yeah, again, lots going on. And you're quite right. You know, the, the better the information we can provide to people and the more informed decision making that can happen, then, you know, there's always a, you know, a clear benefit for, for reducing emissions and, and improving air quality. Dr. Joanna White there. And there's so much National Highways is up to. We'll be inviting her back onto Highways Voices in the new year. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Before we go, there's one more thing we have to do, which is, of course, Adrian's accolade. Adrian, who wins this week? And my accolade this week goes to Siemens. The company has continued its drive to increase the number of women in engineering with a recruitment event to spot the STEM talent of the future. Female students from universities across the UK attended Siemens UK's headquarters in Manchester, where they met inspirational women engineers at various stages of their careers. Of the 42 students who attended, 33 have been fast-tracked for early career opportunities at Siemens Digital Industries, Smart Infrastructure and Mobility Divisions, such as three-month summer placements, intern development and graduate development programmes. Just some of the reasons why Siemens is a worthy winner of my accolade this week. So many congratulations for the deserved win for Siemens this week on Adrian's Accolade. And that's it for this Highways Voices. We'll talk leadership again next week before we round off for Christmas in a couple of weeks with a review of our year on Highways Voices and, and I'm going to dangle a carrot for you here, a few examples of where things didn't quite go right on this podcast over the months. So join us and remember to subscribe to get these into your your device automatically we're on all your favorite podcast platforms and the details are in the blurb talk soon highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry 